Welcome to ProctorCast, where we bring you plain English interviews all about the most relevant procurement topics of the day in short, coffee break-sized episodes. Because hey, time's precious and you have got value to deliver. So now let's get straight into this week's show. Yes, hello and welcome to another edition of ProctorCast. I'm your host, James Meads, and every two weeks, we bring you a thoughtful conversation around a pertinent topic in the procurement space. And yes, this episode is no different. This time round, we're going to be tackling the thorny issue of best practices and visibility of services procurement because services procurement is very, very diverse and can also be very complex depending on what it is that you're purchasing. So to do that, I've brought onto the show Johnny Dunning. He's the CEO of Zivio, which is a SaaS-based solution all around best practices of monitoring, tracking, and managing services procurement. So I think we're going to have a great conversation on this to dive into some of the nuances around services procurement specifically. So, Johnny, very warm welcome to ProctorCast. Hi, James. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. So we're going to jump into services procurement and some of the particular challenges and nuances that are unique to this uh, versus buying, let's say, raw materials or, or one-time spend, you know, tail spend, typically whether that's goods or services, and with a little bit of a spin on the technology and technological challenges as well. So let's tackle those in a few different stages. So when we look at procurement technology specifically, it's usually into a few different buckets. It's it's either P2P, sourcing, risk management or SRM, contract management and delivery. So maybe if you could tackle those sort of one by one just really quickly and, and highlight maybe where services spend can sometimes get scuppered in each of these. Yeah, it's a great place to start. As you say, with with existing technology, in a lot of cases, it can be kind of categorized in that way. Although some systems are trying to do end-to-end processes, some systems are specialized to particular spend categories. There's a bit of a mix. Obviously, there's a, a real breadth of technology available on the market. I think, you know, from our point of view, we always look at services very specifically on a complete end-to-end basis, because I believe that's where the value is. But if we break this down, I mean, obviously, P2P, looking at the overall management, the end-to-end process again, this is this is probably the easiest way to identify where the problems can arise because stuff can easily get lost along the way through this process. So if you're if you're capturing stuff that relevant information as it pertains to goods and materials, capturing the same it's not necessarily as simple as that to capture the information for services. So at the very basic level, goods and materials could be seen as more binary and simpler in some ways than buying services. Services are very nuanced, every project is different. It's much harder to measure performance and what you're getting. You know, if you're buying 50 red widgets and having them delivered to 10 factories, that's fairly straightforward. You might be buying through a catalogue. Within services, there's just a, a massive amount of additional complexity which needs to be considered. So in my opinion, most kind of top level systems, I would say they're more geared, more predicated towards the management of goods and materials than they are towards complex services. Don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, I think I would to some extent. I mean, there is, there's such a changing landscape, isn't it, with procurement tech, and there are new there are new 
tools and new SaaS applications coming on the market seemingly every week. But yeah, I would broadly agree with that as a statement. Yeah. So that's P2P. So let's look at let's look at this sourcing process then, because that's especially around services, vagueness in scope of work, I suspect, <laughs> is usually the one that scoppers, you know, having having purchased services in the past, that's usually and, and CapEx as well for that, you know, as as another example. How can that be alleviated or how can that be mitigated as best possible? Yeah, I mean when you look at the sourcing side of it, as you say, the requirements capture is is fairly complicated. Again, it's not you're not buying from a catalogue. It's not standardised. Every project is generally going to be different. And I think just in terms of writing requirements and and making sure requirements are capturing the right information and triggering the right things within suppliers, this is an area that procurement can really help with, but they can only help with it if it's scalable. And if they're involved early on as well, right? Exactly. If they're involved early on, and this is, I'll come on to it later, but you need automation within this. The other side of it on the sourcing, sourcing um, aspect is, you know, just how do you encourage a competitive process rather than just, you know, direct award? And also, how do you compare price? If you're looking at two suppliers of red widgets, it's fairly simple to compare price. If you're looking at two suppliers of a service for a very specific project, obviously, it's much, much more difficult. And you can't necessarily work on those simplistic comparisons. Because, for example, if you're looking at service provider A, and, and say, for example, they're giving you you understand there's a unit rate about around the day's worth of time for a senior associate versus supplier B. Supplier A might be cheaper, but they might take twice as long. So it's it's just more complicated. I think the next area you mentioned was around risk management and supplier relationship management. Yeah, and we can kind of wrap contract management into there as well to some extent, I guess. I mean, once you've awarded the business and you're monitoring the monitoring the risk of your different service providers globally and and having visibility of of, of the contract and really just making sure that that's that's that not that that from an operational procurement side they understand the requirements and the and the deliverables of the contract when they're actually going out and managing that provider on a day-to-day basis because quite often that can just get shelved in a drawer somewhere or saved on someone's C drive and it and it never sees the light of day again. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean there's there's two sides to it in terms of risk management very simplistically. There's obviously the kind of initial supplier compliance supplier risk management where you're onboarding suppliers who is it that you're going to be engaging what do they look like you know have they passed the various criteria that your organization might need to need them to have to, to work with them and this might be particularly important when you're looking at things like tail spend where you can get some risk around misclassification and then the other side of the risk is just the risk on delivery you know are the projects on time are they are they on budget how much scope creep is there what's actually happening what's actually being delivered and I think there's just a massive, massive lack of visibility, particularly on that side of things when it comes to services procurement. When you look at the contractual process as well, it's about can you standardise it? Who's signing it off? Do procurement have any oversight of this process? In a lot of cases, from what we see, you know, if it's below a certain spend level, no. But that spend below that spend level, there might be a hell of a lot going on that actually equates to a very large amount of overall spend. But yeah, like you say, in a, in a lot of cases a statement of work or a contract that's created for an organisation to deliver services will be created, put in a shared drive and never see the light of day again until some unfortunate person in procurement gets asked, can you go and tell me what this supplier did for us last year, how well they did? And then it's a question of trying to dig back through a shared drive, find a document, read through it, 
are there any milestones you know associated with it is it hopefully it's the right type of contractual agreement but you know are there milestones and if there are milestones how does that equate to what was actually delivered did they change were they ever measured i think there's a lot of factors to consider around that but it's why i say you know it's it's all about taking the linking everything together um, and making it easier to capture the full life cycle at a granular level. Otherwise, you, you can't realise the values and the efficiencies of um, you know, running these type of processes through technology. And you raise a good point there, actually, Johnny, because assuming that the supplier is strategic rather than just a transactional or, or, or non-strategic vendor, they want to get feedback as well during the life cycle of the contract, don't they? I mean, they they want to actively engage and understand if there are problems rather than just hear about them when the, when it comes up for renewal and there's an RFP and the, uh, and, and, the, and the customer is then sort of hell-bent on moving away from, from them because they've been seen as not having performed well for any specific reason. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and ultimately, they want recognition not just with uh, the stakeholders they're delivering the service for, but within procurement as well, because certain conversations may al- almost be shortcut where the you know procurement are actually dealing with the supplier directly in certain you know interactions and actually can the the value that was delivered are procurement aware of it if it's not captured i mean from our point of view we look at supplier performance in two levels so qualitative and quantitative the quantitative side of it is incredibly valuable captures all the kind of you know performance metrics and signals around you know at a milestone level was the project on time was it to budget how much scope was there. But then when you move into the qualitative side, there's massive value and huge importance in this area because supplier A might have delivered a piece of a piece of work, delivered some services that took longer and cost more than expected. However, to counterpoint that, they might have got it right first time and done a fantastic job. So the qualitative qualitative side of it needs to be a very strong consideration. And that ties into other very important areas like sustainability, diversity, even things like innovation and what value is actually being delivered. And this all fits around the broader topic, doesn't it, of taking procurement or taking contract management out of different silos and out of people's inboxes and into a more visible collaborative platform, both for supplier, stakeholder and and procurement. And I mean, I guess what you've developed speaks to that a lot. So perhaps maybe just very quickly, just walk us through what would have been a more traditional historical way of managing services procurement or not managing it <laughs> is probably the, the better word and and then what what can Zivio do or you know any sort of tech collaboration platform to a certain extent do to to sort of facilitate and and, and improve visibility of of the more holistic picture of what's going on like you say both from a qualitative and and a quantitative perspective yeah absolutely so Firstly, in terms of managing an end-to-end process, I think it's this is specific to services spend. And, and I believe that you need to treat it differently because it is different. It's also massive, absolutely colossal. So there are various factors in the market that are making people address this more now, like COVID. Um, the fact that COVID has put the cost pressures on, on companies and also the fact that it's kind of normalised this remote outsourced delivery of work to a level that we've never really seen before. You've also got regulatory factors that are playing into the growth of this area, like, for example, in the UK, the, the R35 reforms, which are very similar to the 1099 versus W2, you know, misclassification laws in the US, and very similar yours laws in various different European countries that are kind of looking at this as well, where the use of contractors in some cases being replaced by an increase in the use 
of or there's a shift towards the use of service providers delivering under a statement of work. So it's different. It's big. Unless you bring it all into one place and capture everything from end to end, you can't really realize the value. And when you take into take into account the size, the spend and the complexity, companies have to automate it. There really isn't an alternative. However, that's obviously what we see at the moment is that you've got a lot of companies that are very much at kind of ground level. But ultimately, I think it comes down to taking this complex and nuanced area of resourcing and buying and trying to make the intangibles tangible. So if we look at the current ways that people are trying to do this, I think, you know, you could ask, ask the question, why aren't companies using existing technology to, to manage this, this type of service delivery um, effectively? Yeah, that is the question. Why aren't they? Because that's, that's absolutely, from what we see, they aren't. You know, ultimately, existing systems are not specialised towards just dealing with services then therefore they can't cope with the granularity required. And ultimately, this leads to information not being captured. So my opinion and that's is... E- that's even if they have a system like that. I mean, a lot of companies, even very big companies, are still using still using ERP systems that were designed in the 90s. Yeah, and a, and a lot of the big tech platforms in the procurement space have been around for a decent while. And, you know, as you say, there's a lot of disruption going on, a lot of innovative kind of best-of-breed players coming in. And companies are accepting that much more. They're they're looking at it more now as how do we utilize best of breed technology solutions within an overall architecture and infrastructure, which may well have at the very top level, those existing really big, um, powerful, overarching source to pay and procure to pay systems. But we see all sorts of things. I mean, you know, you might see someone trying to use a product that's designed for something else. But in most cases, in the absolute majority of cases, the bare details are captured from a contractual point of view, and suppliers are onboarded in a, in a, in a source-to-pay or procure-to-pay system, and the basic contract details are captured somewhere. But like you say, that's probably a C drive or a shared drive or, or someone's you know third draw down. But then in terms of what happens after that, it all tends to disappear into the ether. If it's a very large consulting project, it'll probably be very well managed from a project management point of view. But from procurement's angle, in terms of capturing what did we ask for what was delivered, how good was it, that doesn't really flow from that. So in most organisations, we see a combination of shared drives to capture a contract, Excel spreadsheets and various manual processes. You know, we see all the time lean procurement teams that are under massive pressure where they're just covering admin. You know, they're just dealing with manual processes to get these contracts in place and to try and kind of clear up stuff that's just not visible to them and that needs to be captured. Whereas actually, if they were using technology effectively, and this is where the automation side of things comes comes in, it doesn't have to be a threat to procurement. It should actually assist procurement because it, it should, we should automate the things that, that should be automated and allow procurement professionals to actually focus on their skills and, and use that to full effect as commercial problem solvers. So relationship management, negotiation, planning ahead, all of the good things that, that procurement can add value to the business if that if that procurement professional and that team is just bogged down with manual admin, that's completely ineffective. A hundred percent agree. And I think apart from manual admin, what are some of the other opportunities for organisations if they can manage this in one place centrally and have much more visibility of of services spend and understand you know end to end both from a quantitative or, or, or you know monetizable benefits and also from some of the soft or qualitative benefits. 
give me a couple of examples of real case studies where you've seen companies reap the, the rewards of doing that. Yeah, sure. So, so I mentioned the efficiency side of things. So that's something that we see all the time in terms of just managing that end-to-end process flow and being able to get to a position where if the CPO or the CFO says, we're about to engage X supplier, what have they done for us in the last 12 months and how have they performed? That that information is available. But on a day-to-day basis, they're able to see transactions, they're able to add their value throughout the process, sign stuff off, help with requirements, you know, manage the buying process, ensure actually that competitive tenders are taking place, whereas we see in a lot of cases that that's not necessarily happening, and, and manage yeah, the, the transactional side so that they can be more strategic. Secondly, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily cost savings as the, as the key value driver. I think it's, it's, about, it's about value. So, for example, we see a lot of situations where traditionally your CFO may be, set, may be taking an approach of saying, we spent 40 million on services last year. This year, I want it to be 35 million. And I think companies are actually pretty good at working to budget. That, that's, that, that's fairly clear. But in terms of working to budget and, and understanding what you're getting for it, from it, they're two different things. It's something we see a lot where there's a standard mandate that says save money on your services spend. But ultimately, if you understand what you're getting from it and you can see value. So we've seen use cases where people are saying, OK, well, actually, we analyzing this. We think that these services are delivering this return, 5x, 10x, whatever it might be. And therefore, there's a clear justification to actually spin that argument around and say, we shouldn't be reducing the spend on services because it's driving value, it's driving growth, it's driving the bottom line, whatever it might be. Therefore, we should focus on shifting more towards the use of these services and increasing what we're doing in these areas and trying to increase the the value drivers at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a great argument, actually, Johnny. And if any CFOs are listening to this and are typically the budget slashers, you know, I've been I've been banging on about this for months and months after COVID hit. Slashing budgets just to arbitrarily make some quick cost savings isn't a good long term strategy. And I think that's a great example, Johnny, that you gave there, too. So just before we round this off, if you could give us the best place to get in touch with you, if anyone would like to see a demo of what this can do and some of the benefits of, of, of getting the most value, not cost, out of services procurement, how can they get hold, uh, how can they get hold of you? Yeah, sure. So just a, a very quick background on what we do. Zivio is a new breed of services spend management platform that enables organizations to control, automate and enhance the full source to pay process for all of their spend on professional services, consultancy and other outsourced services delivered under a statement of work so that they can reduce the cost of services procurement and drive real value from their suppliers. We manage the process from supplier onboarding and risk through the full RFP and selection process, contract management, the delivery of the work with milestones, change requests, et cetera, then into invoicing and payment. And we're doing some really, really cool stuff around supplier performance management. You can find us at www.zivio.com. That's great. Thank you very much, Johnny. And great to have you on the show. Look after yourself. Good luck with growing Zivio as a, as a business and as a tool. And yeah, let's have you back on in a year or so and, and see how you've grown. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me.
That was Johnny then from Zivio telling us all about value, not savings, that good, well-managed services procurement can deliver and using and leveraging technology to get the most out of it. So yeah, if any CFOs are listening, please take heed. It's not all about slashing a budget. Catch us again next time on ProctorCast. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to us in your favorite podcast player if you want to get automatic notifications when we release a new episode and check out the Proctopus group on LinkedIn to learn more about what we're doing over there. Till next time, take care and chat to you soon. Bye-bye.